Nick Sirianni. Somebody's got to coach him up on, on on what to say to the Philadelphia media. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Quote, to name a starter at this particular time, we've been working with these guys for two days. The Rich Eisen Show. Look at their depth chart. Their names are Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Earlier on the show, Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. Coming up, three-time Pro Bowl quarterback Carson Palmer. Oregon offensive tackle Pene Sewell. NFL draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Carson Palmer, one of our favorite guests, will be joining us in uh, about 20 minutes from now. Um, and, a, and, a, and a little shout out to our, our uh, Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate in the, in the great state of Idaho, Idaho and Boise, Idaho. Um, Carson's just down the road. He lives in uh, he lives in Idaho. I'm wondering if he's calling us, he's calling, uh, us from uh, Big Sky Country himself. And um, we'll ask a guy who, unfortunately, um, had a chemo Van Ohoffen roll into his knee, breaking up all that was happening in Cincinnati, um, about the importance of protecting Joe Burrow, <laughs> you know, and coming back from a knee injury. And our third hour guest, first our, our first guest up is uh, Panay Sewell. And the Bengals can say, let's take this kid who gave up one sack and 1,300-plus snaps at Oregon and put him right there, and let's go to work. There's still T. Higgins. There's still Joe Mixon, and we can get more wide receivers. Or do they just say, screw it. You keep scrambling around, Joe. We'll figure out the offensive line otherwise. But here you are with Jamar Chase. We saw what you did 90 million times with him in your national championship season that made you the first overall pick for us last year. That could be entirely possible. Mel Kuyper will be joining us in hour number three. We'll talk to him about all of that. His, his uh, latest mock draft is out. Uh, it was at this point yesterday I made the announcement of the uh, Run Rich Run campaign uh, kicking into a whole different gear. Uh, eight NFL legends, including a handful of Hall of Famers like Jerry Rice and Terrell Davis and Ray Lewis and Rod Woodson and Chris Carter. Uh, running uh, on behalf of uh, the NFL Legends community with eight uh, deep-pocketed, b- deep-pocketed, big-hearted donors led by Mark Lurie, who's going to join us on Monday's show. He uh, ran uh, against Jerry Rice last year and uh, helped get all those donors together to run against uh, Michael Vick, Torrey Holton, Eric Metcalf to round out the eight, the group of eight. Um, he was also able to shoehorn in purchasing the Minnesota Timberwolves with Alex Rodriguez <laughs> while all that was going down. It's no big deal. As if I'm just I'm hosting this show, doing a second podcast, trying to raise money for St. Jude while getting ready for an NFL draft. And Mark Laurie says, I see that and raise you with the purchase of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hmm. <laughs> we with fight, Alex Rodriguez. Can we find a team for you to buy some, uh, hey, somewhere? Look, I, uh, all I know is, is when, Mark, when Mark comes on next Monday, one of the questions I will ask him is after the pandemic, can I get to uh, a Minnesota Timberwolves game and fire T-shirts into the crowd? Just like, just like that's all I want to do. That would be kind of a, and then also sit courtside and uh, and do shots, right? Yeah, not what they is not what they do up in the upper Midwest. Right. They do that in uh, in, in chug beers. Well, chug beers, right? How about this? Or sip them because uh, how about Al- you Aaron adopt Rogers the is, T-Wolves in honor of Mark and ditch the Knicks, even though they've won eight straight. Something to Sold. think about. Sold. There yeah, you go. You got Ann Edwards. You got Cat. You got D'Angelo. Like, let's go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Boom. New team. 
Unless the Knicks win another one. If they're not on a roll, then I'm back. By the way, Rich, they're in two different conferences. You oh can like God. both of them. <laughs> you, you don't have to make a cho- choice. Okay. I mean, you can keep it. You know. You I can, don't know. Again, I just can't do it. You gotta get. You just got. You do. You it's only like have, having two fantasy teams, and then they no, go. Man. They go against each other, and you're, you only you know, have a schism twice a year. That's the, it. The man of many teams says it's acceptable. Yeah. Rich, you're good. That's right. You're good. I should use you as a model and a guide and a, and a signpost. And trust me, there's no one more happy than me when the Sixers play the Clippers because, as Levar Ball would say, you can't. Even when I lose, I win. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. I think he was looking for the actual drop. Well, now it's too I, easy I, to look. I, 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 I couldn't put it. He hit it. Though. Though. I mean, I hit it. I said it. At least you're on that. <laughs> I mean, can the can the New York sports market have multiple winning teams at once? Is that possible? You would I mean, think it, so. The, the Knicks win eight in a row. They come out of their their decades long doldrums, a hibernation, slumber. You can't even say it. There's not even a word for what the Knicks have been. God awful. Sure. Not enough ice for them to stink on. To use Damn, a, a a New York phrase, and they come out. They win eight in a row. They're currently the fourth seed in the NBA Eastern Conference. Only the Bucks, Nets, and Sixers. And I guess I should sit here and say, again, that's my bias, my New York bias, that the Nets, in my mind, are still a New Jersey team and a, and a deep Long Island team for those folks of, the, of this current millennium that are celebrating out in front of Penn Station like the Knicks just won the championship as opposed to an eighth consecutive game to get them six games above 500. The Nets used to be on Long Island when Dr. J was there, okay? So I guess... We're seeing a renaissance of New York basketball. <laughs> and then at the same time, up in the Bronx, New York, the New York Yankees are 6-11. and 11. They are 6-11 and 11 right now. And the last time the Yankees started a season 6-11 and 11 was the 1991 New York Yankees. Managed by Stump Merrill. <laughs> and I will just say this to somebody else from a different generation. You know, I, what John Boy, I think, was born in like the 1990 or 91. Didn't he say he was like a seven-year-old when Jeter was winning championships something in 96 like, something or like something, that, like that. Yeah, something like that? Let me just tell you. As John Boy, I guess, was learning to crawl, I was sitting three rows from the upper deck Three rows from the top of the upper deck in Yankee Stadium because those were general admission tickets. You could get those for just mere like six, seven bucks. And and then we were able to move down wherever the hell we wanted to go. Because yep. Stump Merrill's Yankees didn't just suck. They sucked. <laughs> and they didn't have somebody generationally talented like Aaron Judge on it. And they didn't have somebody who broke the bank on both sides of the ball, if you will, in baseball, offense and defense, and Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole, who's doing his darndest. They didn't have a closer like Aroldis Chapman. They didn't have supposedly generationally talented young players like Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez. They didn't have, like DJ LeMahieu would have been the brightest shining star in the team. I think Roberto Kelly was like their, oh, their best Roberto star. Kelly on the team, who wound up being traded for Paul O'Neill, and then Bernie Williams came into being. And this was the time, 91, when Steinbrenner got busted for, you know, paying off Howie Spira for trying to smear Dave Winfield, which got him ejected 
by Faye Vincent long enough for the Yankees to not trade away and build their farm system. And that's what led to Gene Michael finally getting, you know, Buck Showalter in and building up the Yankees in the 90s that led to Joe Torre and so on and so forth. Matt Noakes was your kid. Matt friggin' Noakes. <laughs> and this Yankee team... That's Kevin Moss's good year. This Yankee team needs Kevin Moss. Maybe Luke Voigt could come back from injury. They can't hit. They strike out way too much. They can't put the ball in play for their lives with a man in scoring position. They finally did that last night in the ninth inning when they were down 4 nothing because they can't hit. The pitchers have too much pressure on them and then, you know, don't pitch very well outside of Garrett Cole and Chapman when he does have one of his now two save situations that he's had. They can't field. Aaron Boone is making all the wrong button pushes. It's one of those moments where Boone is left to basically say what he said last night, which is, you know, we're all being positive. We all know that we're going to mash at some point. And my answer is like, when? Because in baseball, it's just like your baseball fantasy league. You fall too far back. You can't make it back up. Like everybody says, you can't win it in April, but you can sure lose it. You can sure lose it. it. And, you know, Mr. Red Sox, who's loving tweeting out all this stuff over there, the mass hole across the way, he's smiling because his team is lighting it up. His team doesn't have all of the generationally supposed talented players. We, His team, has Chris, away. Chris Sale is sitting on a 60-day DL hoping that he can throw off a mound in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I don't know how we're doing it. But the Tampa Bay done. Rays are doing it again yep. with their slide rule protractors and Rosarenas when he's healthy. <laughs> and, you know. Blue Jays have a lot of young talent. Right. And the Yankees look terrible because, you know, and Stanton's getting booed. And I'll tell you what, man, he looks like Jesse Barfield with more zeros. Ooh. That's what he looks like. Jesse Barfield didn't he didn't see a slider that slid so far out of the zone that he didn't love taking a monster hack at. <laughs> That's the way he looks. The guy who would mash to the tune of like 370 and hit 19 home runs in a month or whatever the hell he did in Miami. He's looking awful. He is a big, huge, yawning, screaming, dark strikeout hole in the middle of this lineup that's got a gravitational pull that seems to be pulling everyone in, and it might be an unfair way to, to describe him, but I'll tell you what, man. In New York City, you're paid three hundred million dollars. You gotta, you gotta produce. And I will say this: him, Judge, Sanchez for sure, and most of all, Aaron Boone should be thanking their lucky stars that George M. Steinbrenner the third is dead and gone. Because every last one of them, one of them would be playing baseball in Seattle now. (laughs) Another one would be fired. Aaron Boone would be back in the Sunday night baseball booth as sure as there's a third chair that could be placed next to A-Rod and Matt Vaskersian could be. Fair or not, 
he would be there now. And if you think I'm wrong, one of the greatest home runs ever hit in the history of Yankee baseball was hit by Bucky Dent, who got his ass sent home midseason, early season, before Memorial Day. Like the next year, right? They got to be thankful that George is gone and how it's like probably talking to Jerry Jones about naming some stadium in, <laughs> in Scandinavia, you know what I mean, or whatever their, whatever their business ventures are. Because the bottom line, you know, I'm still tuning into Yes sitting in Southern California. My 10-year-old son is still, you know, when I'm, or I'm out of room, giving me updates on how Aaron Hicks just struck out again He's, from the left side. I mean, they're all looking terrible. And I know this is a national show, but the Yankees are a national team in my mind. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on or, or when this is going to turn, but 6-11 and 11 in the rest of that division to start is brutal. Honestly, brutal. you know, Rich, like, you love it. You love it. I, I honestly think Aaron Boone should just get an extension at this point. He is doing a hell of a job. <laughs> Enjoy it. I think because baseball it's, again, it's, it's mid April. I, mean, I know, but it's, a, and it's 162. Yeah, it's long. But I, they're all, they're all absolute, all of them. LeMahieu is the only heartbeat on that offense right now. You're not going to hit 200 the whole year. You got to so think so. Not, you know, I mean, law like, of averages in baseball. Yeah. So what are they going to have a May that's just going to be lights out? Maybe. And we'll look back at this at yeah. this video and you know, and I, I calm down. Everyone except Stanton. I can't see him fixing it. I don't know, man. <laughs> looks, All I know is the Knicks are terrible. The Knicks are in contention, and the Yankees are not. And I don't know the last time I could. 1991 could have been the last time I said <laughs> yeah, that. Might be that's true. Weird. It is a long ass season. I get it, but I don't know where it's coming from. Because there's, you know. There's no Andy Pettit walking through that door. All right, so the, there isn't. So the 91 Yankees went 71 and 91. I know. And then the Stump 91, got the gate and Buck Showalter came back in. The 91 <laughs> Knicks were 51 and 31 and went to the Eastern Conference semifinal. It's 1991 all over again, everybody. Season is not I know over. It's not. I know it's not. Close. I'm kidding. Bet. I know it's not. I'm in the map. But it's 1991 all over again. Yeah. Poppy Bush. Hey man, I'll take I'll take one point of light for the Yankees. <laughs> that is a deep political <laughs> reference from thirty years <laughs> ago. <laughs> Yankees great. are five games behind the Red Sox, four and a loss. That's not bad. It's I mean, not bad. I understand that. Yes, but you're tied with the, the Rockies for the least amount of wins in baseball. We always stink in the beginning of the no, year. No, that's not true. That, that yeah, is we not do. True, Mike. That's not true. We do. When you're five back like this, I mean. It's it's um, it's not the end of it, but that's why I'm saying again, Boone, Judge, Sanchez, Sanchez Torres, sure. and and for sure, Stanton should be thankful that Hal's first name is not George, <laughs> because this would have been a totally different ball of wax for everybody. Let's take a break. Carson Palmer is going to join us here. What are his two cents on the quarterbacks at the top and what the Bengals should do? So much to talk about with one of our favorite guests, Carson Palmer, when we come back. 
Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We have kind of, you know, messed up the place as best we can because the man to my right, Michael Rappaport, good to see you again, sir. Glad to be here. I mean, I, I'm sort of here against my will. Well, you're just here so you won't get fined. Well, no, no. Because actually, I'm here against my will because I did lose a bet. All's fair and fun in fantasy. And you said you would clean the studio, and I'm, now it's time to do that. This is your janitor suit. Okay. To wear for the next hour. Ain't the first time I wore one. With the Rich Eyes and Show logo on it. You got all sorts of different ointments, spray bottles. There's uh, Ajax. Traditional Ajax. Sweeping. No problem. Oh my God. You're just dropping candy on the floor to sweep up. Okay. They all Is that to eat? Yeah. Because there's a five second wall. It's kind of gross. Just up there. We haven't got the top of the shelf, Michael. Okay. No problem. I don't think that's probably been dusted since we started. No here in problem, October man. of 2014. No problem. <laughs> Look, you can't even you can't even put the broom in the car. S- sir, sir, please let me do my job. <laughs> sir, please let me do my job. Okay. Uh, anybody? Oh, he's now spitting on stuff. Well, just spit polishing. This is great. Did we not even Swiffer him? We yeah, can I, on- I, listen. There's paper towels. There's lots of cleaning materials. You, you, you want to do it? Or do you want to let a professional do it? <laughs> This is pathetic. This is, <laughs> this is, this is humiliating. Michael Rappaport yeah, yeah. spraying things willy-nilly. And whatever you sprayed over there, Rappaport, has wafted over here, and it's coating my throat. Ugh. Oh. What the hell is that that well, you we sprayed? Did some co- we did some country day, but we have some neutral cleaning, concentrated floor cleaner. We're going to get to you over there, my friend. It Question. stinks in here. I f- honestly feel like I am trapped <laughs> in a New York City cab right question. now with whatever was hanging from the from the rear view mirror. We're on TV right now. Right now, yeah. This is what live TV has come to, huh? <laughs> I think this puppy jammed up. <laughs> I think the puppy got jammed up. What kind of machine Dude, is this, man? You are the worst I need industrial ever. strength clean. This place is down. I mean, this is like, come on, man. Oh, there you go. Hey. Turn that 
that do manual labor, they should be treated with the respect because this this little half-ass spit shine cleaning I did wore me out. Do me a favor before you leave. Clean up the mess you still put out there, please. Oh, no problem. It's still a mess on the floor. No, no problem. All right. PeacockTV.com is where you can go to watch us on desktop on uh, Peacock. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our full archive. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network alongside of our Peacock feed. PeacockTV.com to get us. Uh, for everybody listening to us to see us every single day after Dan Patrick, prior to Brother from Another. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, courtesy of his friends at LevelSelectCBD.com, our friend, Carson Palmer, back here on the show. How are you, Carson? Rich, I'm well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on this program. Are, are you calling from the great state of Idaho right now, Carson? Is that I where am. I am. I am in Idaho, and I'm looking out at blue skies and a little bit of snow on the ground still. Still on the ground. Wow. You love living up there, bit. don't you? Love living in Idaho, don't you, Carson? You don't. You don't miss Southern do. California. You don't miss it. Uh, no. My wife does. If if my wife didn't, I wouldn't be there as much. But okay. I am there periodically. But I would never leave here if, if I didn't have to. What do you love? What do you love? Are you fishing, hunting, what camping? What do you like? All of it. Yeah, ski season just got over, so I'm done skiing. The the river's closed for a bit, and we start fishing here in another month. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm just enjoying being outside as much as humanly possible right love now. It. Love it. Well, I love having you on the show, Carson. Um, let's get into uh, your memories of your talent evaluation portion of the calendar that wound up you being the first overall selection. How many teams talked to you? I mean, what was your combine experience and interview experience like uh, back in your day? Well, it was probably really similar to Trevor Lawrence's this year. Um, You know, everybody is automatically assuming he's going to Jacksonville. It it makes the most sense for everybody. Um, And that's kind of how it was when I was coming out. You know, the Bengals had the first pick. I actually ended up signing my rookie contract a couple days before the draft. So um, I, I knew where I was going most of the process. Um, Chicago had the fourth pick, and they were looking um, potentially at a quarterback. And, and um, you know, that was a team that was talking to me a bunch and trying to figure out um, how to get up there or how to stay in, in, uh, in that fourth slot. And obviously they stayed in the fourth, and I ended up going to the Bengals. So um, do you think the Bears tried? to knock on Mike Brown's door and say, what do you think? Do you, do you think that happened? They did. Um, and, and the Bengals at that point just weren't willing to, to listen to any trade demands or any trade talks. They were, they were fixated on me. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I was so excited. They wanted me to come in and sign the day before um, so that I didn't have to leave New York as soon as, as, soon as the draft was over and fly to, to Cincinnati to sign. So I, I flew out to Cincinnati a couple days before the draft did the, you know, the, the photos with the jersey and signed a contract and then flew from Cincinnati to New York. And as everybody was getting picked um, out of the green room and, and getting ready to head to the, the cities they were being picked by and the franchises they were being picked by, I was just looking for my buddies in the crowd and, and my family and getting ready to figure out where we're going to go out and celebrate and have some drinks <laughs> in New York and a big steak dinner. So did you have like, there's no Zoom back then, like phone conversations uh, or, or in-person meetings with Dick Duran and Jerry Angelo and everybody like that? Is that what went I, down with that? I did. I, I'll never forget. I was, I was 
uh, I think it was maybe my pro day at USC, and we went into Heritage Hall at, at USC there on campus, and I was walking around Heritage Hall showing Jerry Angelo, who was the GM of the the, uh, the Bears at the time, and we sat down and had lunch, and I was like, "Are you going? What's the deal? Are you going to come up and get me? What, what's the play?" And he said, "You know, I'm not at liberty to say." Um, what's what, but you know, we were interested in you and kind of gave me the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Jerry, come get me, man. This is, this is a great opportunity. They had, at the time, they had Lance Briggs and, um, you know, Brian Erlacher and Peanut Tillman, all those guys on defense. And, and uh, they've always seemed to have a really good offensive line. So I was really intrigued by that. Um, but at the end of the day, I just don't think the Bengals were willing to, to really even pick up a phone and listen to any talks. They had, Zeroed in on me, and, and the rest is history. But you told the Bears, "Come get me." That's what you told them. Come get me. Yeah, I was. I was excited about. You know, I'd, I'd grown up um, watching the Bears a bunch on Monday Night Football, and, and just memories of always seeing them. You know, on national televised games, and um, Chicago seemed like a really, really great city to go and play in. And um, you know, I, I was just looking at the roster, and the, the roster was dramatically probably. Uh, dramatically better than the Bengals at that time. So that was intriguing to me at, uh, as well. And I think they ended up taking um, a D tackle from Oklahoma. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, but yeah, they, they obviously, you know, the Bengals weren't willing to listen. And when the other end of the phone doesn't get picked up, there's no deal to be had. So I guess while we're teasing this fan base desperate for a quarterback, let's just kick him directly in the nuts. How, 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 Good. Do you think you would have been with the Bears? You ever sit there and think about that? What could have been if you were a Bear? Uh, I mean, I, I think I think it would have been um, an interesting ride. Like I said, I mean that defense was so good. Right. Um, they made the you know, Super that, Bowl that, a few years later. I mean, that's what, that, yeah. that happened with Devin Hester and everybody. Just a few years later, not too much they, longer. They had some weapons. I mean, they they had some weapons. They were they were built really well for their division too. I mean, that really good defensive line really good offensive line. They were going to run the ball and, and control the game defensively. And then Lovey Smith came over and, and was the head coach and put in the Tampa two style defense, which was the perfect scheme for the, the personnel they had. Um, one of the more underrated players that I ever played against was, was Lance Briggs, the weak side linebacker. And I think it was just cause he was playing right next to Brian Erlacher. But um, I mean, that team was, was physical on defense. And then, Every time we played him, I was pissed at Jerry Angelo. Um, I think I, I, every time I played them, I could not wait to play them, and I think we beat them pretty badly every time we played them. So I think I, I got the last laugh on that one. Well, uh, the Bears wound up trading out of that spot uh, with the Jets, who traded up to take Dwayne Robertson, a defensive tackle. The Bears moved down to take Michael Haynes, a defensive end out of Florida. And uh, here we are uh, in 2021 with the Jets choosing second overall, looking at another quarterback. So there you have it. Um, Carson Palmer here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Who do you think the 49ers traded up to go get at three, Carson? What's your sense on that? I mean, I'm, I'm listening to the same things everybody else is hearing, and it, it seems to me like it's Justin Fields. I mean, he seemed like the kind of quarterback that Kyle Shanahan really likes, a guy that can throw it accurately all over the field and can make a lot of plays inside the pocket and get outside the pocket and extend plays. They do, you know, Kyle's offense is it's that zone-style offense where the quarterback keeper off of the run action is really, really difficult to stop because you don't know when they're running outside zone on a running player when the quarterback's going to pull it um, and get around the corner and, and have some options to throw the ball down the field. And I just think 
Justin is is similar, um, you know, to Garoppolo's uh, throwing abilities, but he's just so much more dynamic with his feet. So, you know, it seems like they're lining up to take a, the quarterback uh, out of Ohio State, Justin, and that's kind of where you know right now we're hearing so many mixed stories, and everybody's sending the audience this way or sending other teams this way, and, and trying to. Um, you know, you know, be a magician with who they're picking, but it sure seems to me like they're lining themselves up to take fields. What do you think is going on in Matt Ryan's mind right now with, you know, um, his advancing years? He's not, you know, in his 40s, not, you know, he's, he's on the north side in his back nine of his 30s, let's put it that way. And, um, you know, uh, an expensive contract and a team sitting there at fourth overall with an ability to get him any, from what we're assuming, because it's going to go quarterback to the first three, any pass catcher he wants, including the generationally talented from what we've seen, Kyle Pitts, um, and, and and just stock him up for his final years there, or they could get somebody to replace him and start that clock. What do you think's going through the mind of a veteran like Matt Ryan, Carson Palmer? Well, I, you know, I think what's going on in his mind is just his legacy. Um, he, he's you know, was, was a high draft pick. I think he was the second pick in the draft uh, and has had a phenomenal career. I mean, statistically, it's been phenomenal. He's won an MVP. He's got them to the Super Bowl. Um, but he's also going, man, if this organization is, is focused on the future, they're probably going to take a quarterback. If, if they think I have a year or two left, they'll probably take a receiver or a playmaker outside. And you got to factor in the Julio Jones, too. I mean, Julio Jones is also kind of near the end He's going to need to be replaced at some point here within the next two or three drafts. Um, but I think, you know, Matt is definitely going, man, just, I just need one more weapon. Please don't take a quarterback. You know, he's, you know, Matt's going to be the starter for the year. So, you know, whoever they take is going to be holding the clipboard on the sidelines. And Matt's at the point in his career where he doesn't quite have the same quickness, the same velocity on the ball. He needs more guys like Julio that he can throw shorter passes to get the ball out of his hands quicker before he gets hit that can take the, you know, take uh, a reception, the distance and break a tackle and beat everybody with speed. So I, I think he's just sweating it. Unfortunately, you know, he, you know, you get to that point in your career where you are dwindling a bit physically and you start getting really self-conscious and you start worrying about, man, I know I can be, I know I can get this team back to Super Bowl. I just need a little bit more help. I don't want the fan base to, you know, get all excited about maybe getting the Justin Fields or one of these young gunslingers coming out. You just need a couple more years and a couple more weapons. So it's a really uncomfortable feeling for a guy like um, a guy like Matt, who has been one of the better, you know, top five, ten quarterbacks in the league for a decade now. So it's it's definitely uncomfortable out there in Atlanta for Matt. Down, I mean, draft night, right? He'll be looking down at his phone, maybe for a text from from. From the draft room, saying or or a phone call to say we're about to take the quarterback, and we'll talk about it uh, when when we when you know we're on the clock. We'll talk about it when we're back in the office. You're still our guy, but we'll we'll talk to you Friday. We'll talk to you Monday. I mean that Thursday's going to be because I imagine they're just not going to let him in on on what they're thinking. I mean that's just not the way it goes. No, in the NFL. No, and it's it's just one of those deals. You're just kind of sitting acting like you know around your wife and your kids and your parents or whoever's around. You're kind of acting like it's no big deal. Um, but it's, it's a tense time, you know, and, and like I said, Matt, Matt's just looking at this, like I, you know, he's looking at Tom Brady leave an offense where he didn't have a ton of firepower and then go to Tampa Bay where you've got Mike Evans and you go on and on down the list, OJ Howard at tight end and all these weapons. And you see a guy 
that's similar in, in age to yourself, and you see all the weapons they have and all the screen game things they can do where the ball's out quick and you're not taking hits, and you're just you're hoping that that happens. But the other thing, too, is as soon as they do take a quarterback, Matt knows you know, every time he walks into a press conference and every interview he does, that's the topic is the replacement, you know, your replacement that was just drafted. Mm. So it's just another layer of pressure. It's another layer of stress. It's another thing on top of your job that you have to deal with is, is all those questions all year long, all training camp, all season long. As soon as you put, you know, put together a couple, couple games in a row where you lost and, you know, had a, 80 or below passer rating, those questions just, they keep festering you and it's all season long. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like we said, you know, you're spot on. These are some nervous times for guys like Matt who are at the end of their, probably at the end of the rope. And there's always potential when you have a, a high draft pick that they're going to, they're going to replace you. And that's always a fear. Carson Palmer here on the Rich Eisen show, courtesy of level select CBD, level select CBD.com, which we'll get to in a second. Um, then there's your again your old stomping grounds in Cincinnati. They're sitting there at five. I don't know if you saw the new unis, the new fire unis, um, and a photograph of Joe Burrow wearing one, and you could see that scar on his knee, that that several inch long scar on his on his knee. He says he's going to come back good as new, and they have a decision to make at five. It looks like they could get him a weapon that he's very familiar with in Jamar Chase. Or they can get somebody who's coming on the show, actually, in hour three, Panay Sewell, to protect him. What do you think the Bengals should do at five for Joe? I really hope, I really hope they take the tackle. I mean, I really, really hope they protect Joe. Um, he, he's proven to that organization that, that he can carry the load. He doesn't need a ton of weapons around him. He, need, he needs to be able to step into throws. He needs to be able to you know, drop back with confidence that, that he can get to his second read and third read. They need so much help up front. Um, and if you can get all the weapons you want, but if you can't hold the ball for two or three seconds in the pocket and, and let guys get open, it doesn't matter who you got outside. So, I, I you know, I, I keep going back in my own head to the Andrew Luck saga where they just didn't, they didn't continuously support the offensive line and they didn't build that organization from up front and protect Andrew Luck. And unfortunately, we all saw Andrew Luck hang him up too early because he just got the absolute lung beat out of him in year one, year two, year three. And we just saw Joe Burrow get the lung beat out of him in year one. And I don't want to see him go through another injury like this. Um, and, and neither does anybody in, in Bengal Nation. So I, I really hope they, they do take the tackle. Um, and and beef up that guy, that group in front of in front of Joe. Well, knowing Mike Brown as obviously well as you do from your career, what do you think they're going to do? Because that sounds like the sensible thing to do. Sensible. You know they they've always when, when I was there. I, I think back to my first couple of years. I had an unbelievable offensive line. They they did so much to make sure that I could step into throws and get through my reads. I had you know Levi Jones and and. Um, you know, you can start all the way across the line. We had great guys up front, and, and they continue to restructure their contracts and keep those guys around. I mean, Willie Anderson's one of the best right tackles in the game. Nobody knows that because he played for the Bengals, but mm. one of the best, you know, one of the best offensive linemen as far as protection and run game goes. Richie Bram at center, Eric Steinbach at guard, Bobby Williams, we can go on and on. We were built, you know, from, from the inside out. And we also had Chad Johnson and, and TJ Hushmanzada. We had weapons outside, but it didn't matter who we had outside. We had such a strong offensive line 
Um, and, and the Bengals don't have that right now. So I think the obvious choice is you got to start beefing up that offensive line and make some moves, um, you know, in free agency to continue to protect Joe. And we're just going to see Joe, I think, skyrocket. The more time he can get, I mean, he does such a great job seeing things, uh, so, you know, seeing defenses unfold and getting to the right spot with his reads and, and throwing accurate balls and throwing guys open. I mean, he, he's proven to that organization that he can carry the load. But it's tough to carry the load if you can't step into throws consistently. So I, I, I really hope they take uh, the tackle out of Oregon. Carson Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do you like about level select CBD? What do you, what do you uh, enjoy about it? What do you got I like the me? way it makes me feel. Um, you know, after playing for so long and going through so many injuries and surgeries, and um, still, you know, wanting to chase kids and coach sports, and I've got four young kids going every which way and direction and. Um, it, it helps me. Uh, I got my son Fletch who's coming home from school today and we're going to do some quarterback training and huh. I'm going to put some level select on my left knee. I'm going to put it on my right shoulder and my right elbow from old football injuries. Um, so it, it's just enabled me to continue to be active and continue to be a dad and not feel like I'm 75, feel more like I'm my age, which is 41 and chase kids around and um, just overall wellness and, and well-being it's it's been a game changer for me so and right now rich you yes. can log on to level select cbd mm-hmm. and type in promo promo code carson yep. and you get 50 percent off so it's it's a great way to try the product to see if it's for you at 50 percent off and see if it's it's something that can really change your life um and and get you out you know off the couch out of, out of the car not feeling so sore, not having those aches, and, and go out and do the things that you want to do um, that maybe you couldn't because you're in pain or, or just consistently uncomfortable. LevelSelectCBD.com. Put the promo code CARSON, 50% off the order. That's half off. That's pretty damn good. Man, I, I mean, horse is out of the barn already, and I am the horse in that analogy. I ran my 40 last week. I should have, I should have, I should have, you know, Put on that roll on or a little drop or whatever before I got out there. That's not a bad idea. I should start. You might have. That. You might have broken seven seconds. Hey, everybody! Hey. Carson Palmer. Everybody, tip your waitress. He'll be here all week. Come on now, Carson. Come on now, Rich. Come on now. What? We've all seen you run. It's on tape. I know that. This guy don't lie. No, I understand that. Uh, that that uh, you could you could time me by sundial. I understand that. What was your forty time? Back in the day, what was your forty? I, I used to be able to move a little bit for a big, stiff guy. I used to be able to move. I think I, I ran four six. What's this, an... this is this is before multiple knee surgeries. Okay, I couldn't run ten. I couldn't run fifteen yards in four six now. But I used to be able to move a little bit. What do you got, Chris? Officially, I got it at four six five. Carson. How about that? Four six five. Damn. Oof. Wheels. <laughs> and and Carson, you're right. Four and zero against the Bears. Twelve touchdowns, two picks. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. yeah. Poor I took that one personally a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I my, my problem. I could run sh- in a straight line fast, right. but as soon as I had to change directions, it was over. That was it. Hey, before I let you go, last time I saw your brother Jordan, um, you know, he was out there at the pro day for Trevor Lawrence as his throwing coach. I couldn't help but notice Trevor makes this gorgeous throw, this huge throw, this highlight throw, and all of a sudden your brother just jumps in the screen, daps him up for a little for a little FaceTime. I noticed that. That's a that's a sneaky veteran move out of your brother. What? You know, um, what 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 story has your brother told you? Give me something about Trevor that your brother might have. You know, just two brothers, quarterbacks talk about about this generationally talented, special first overall pick kid that's in his care. Yeah, right generational talent is right. I, I went out and watched him. Um, it was a couple weeks ago now, and, and 
he had filled me in and kind of gave me the details and the, you know, all, all the goods and, um, on each guy. And the first thing that he said was, you know, he's so smooth and so athletic. And I remember at the time when he had said that, we were talking on the phone. I was like, man, he's six five. It's, it's hard to be smooth at six five. It just doesn't look smooth. And he was talking about how effortlessly it looks as he's, training and throwing and moving in the pocket and doing all these different drills. And, and I kind of was calling, you know, BS on that. And then I went out a couple weeks later and watched him throw. And for being such a long levered guy and long arms, long legs, he's all of six foot five. It doesn't look like that. He, he moves more like a six, two guy in the pocket. It's really fluid. It's really effortless. Um, he covers a lot of ground between each, each movement within the pocket. And it's really, really quick. Um, so generational talent, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, the first guy that jumps out at me is, is Andrew Luck and, and, you know, Andrew Luck was an unbelievable talent an unbelievable player, but he didn't move quite like Trevor. I mean, Trevor is so fluid. Um, and, mm-hmm. and he's cleaning up a couple things and, and working on a couple things with the shoulder injury, obviously. But I, I think he may be one of the best ones we've seen come out in the last 20 years, probably. I'm I'm excited about his future. I think he's unbelievable, and and everything that Jordan has to say about him, um, he he's always very skeptical when he gets guys that are the number one recruit in high school and the number one pick. He's always looking for something to work on, um, and he said he's just he just naturally has all of it, mm. and he's so coachable. You tell him to change one thing. That sometimes it takes guys that you know you've thrown fourteen you know thousand footballs you know, in your life or whatever it is. And it just, it's hard to change sometimes, but guys that are really, really coachable can hear things, take them and put them into their brain and find a way to physically change. And he, he's really, really coachable in that sense. Everything's not ingrained in his head. It's got to be this way. He's open to improving, you know, open to little minute um, changes in his, in his whip and in his throwing motion. And it just naturally easily happens for him. So, from a coachability standpoint and a God-given ability standpoint, um, I can't think of another guy that, that is this ready um, and, and you know, this perfect to be a quarterback in the league right now with the athleticism he has, the mm. way he can throw the ball accurately. You know, he's got it all. So I'm really excited about his future. Well, I mean, this may sound awkward and weird, but you know me and I'm challenged on this front. How, how did his hair look in person? Was it easy? <laughs> Man, it was flowing. Like, you could tell he had just put some conditioner in it. It was really, really fun. It was a little breezy that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was looking really good. Mm. First round hair. I mean, first overall what, hair, too. I mean, my what, gosh. Rich, what would you give for that head of lettuce? <laughs> all my speed. What, what? All my speed is what I would. All my speed to just get that so for a day. Seven and a half seconds. For a day. I don't remember what conditioner is. I don't. I'll be honest. <laughs> Flowing hair. My gosh. I'm looking at it on the you screen. You should have run the 40 with a, with a Trevor Lawrence wig on. <laughs> yes. Well, if the Jets right. had the first overall pick, I'd have done it. But, uh, you know, that's the way that one went, Carson. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for the call. Love chatting. Enjoy your time with Fletch and your wife and your kids. And let's catch up soon. Susie sends her best, as always. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, buddy. There you Take go. Care. That's Carson Palmer. That's <laughs> Seven seconds, my ass. I, I, you know, I never yes. like to. I don't. I don't. Seven. I don't like to give away my time in advance. I'm faster than seven seconds. Okay? The disrespect. The disrespect. 
from Idaho, <laughs> one of my favorite adopted states. We'll take a break. When we come back, Tom Brady has chimed in on something on the unis and numbers. We'll hit that in a second. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. If you wouldn't mind, I would love to to role play with you, just real briefly, Gronk. Okay, where I play the role of somebody that I'm kind of familiar with, and you play the role of somebody that you're familiar with. If you don't mind, um, I'm going to play a, a guy who went to Michigan. Um, okay, who's a leader in his field. Uh, his name is Tom. And you play the role of a tight end with a Hall of Fame resume, okay? And the time is going to be, hmm, let's go, hmm, November 1st, 2019. In the future, not too distant future. Are, are, would you mind if we quickly role play this out? All right, we got, one, we got one scene. Okay, here we go, one scene. Here we go. Ready? Uh, Chris, say action when you got it. Okay, ready? All right, guys, ready? All right, guys, ready? Yes. Action. Hey, Rob, it's Tom. How you been? Hey, Tom. Good, man. I've been doing great, man. You're, you're still killing it. You're like 42 years old now. I mean, yeah. I know you miss me, Tom. I know you do. I do. I do. <laughs> Gronk, I do, man. We. It's not just me. It's, it's everybody. We all miss you. And, you know, things are going great. You know, Bill's a pain in the ass. But it's really, you know, it's really, it's really something that could be better with you. Would you... Would you think of coming back and playing with me, Rob? Oh, Tom, I mean, you know I miss you too. I miss the guys, but I'm just chilling, man. I'm, I'm down in the Bahamas right now, just relaxing. I got, I'm sipping my water, and I got, I got your electrolytes in it, Tom. So <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, baby. I got the electrolytes in the water, and I'm sipping on a protein margarita time so i'm just chilling thank you 
I love you. I miss you. But there's. But I'm just relaxing, homie. There's no chance, Rob. This is Tom. This is Tom. You know, call me when you get to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and see. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> Rob, Rob, you're a natural, man. You are a oh. natural. You're a natural. That was great. That, that was so funny. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It sounded that was lifelike to me. I thought that was yeah, pretty good. That was pretty good. That was good. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we know it would just take a, another few months for that conversation to actually happen, and it would probably sound just like that. With the exception of call me when uh, when you're in the playoffs. Call me when you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. <laughs> Still can't what if he had said that at the time? Uh, call me, call me when you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Tom, we'd been like, yeah, right. Jeez. I mean, okay. And Super Bowl back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four. Rich. So you know, one of the rules changes we talked about yesterday. We talked about it, Jim. We no, talked about no. it yesterday. Is you are now allowed to wear single digits if you're a mm-hmm. wide receiver or a running back. Not just that, though. You can wear if you're a linebacker or defensive back. You could wear any number from one to forty nine. Uh, one to uh, one to sixty. If you're a linebacker and a defensive back, you could wear a defensive back number. If you're a linebacker, you could wear yeah. uh, a, a linebacker number. If you're a defensive back, yeah, defensive backs are one to forty nine now. Now you know who's not happy about that. Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady, yeah. Tom Brady uh, posted the jersey stuff uh, on his Instagram and said, "Good luck trying to block the right people now. Going to make for a lot of bad football." How about that? Interesting take. Nice get off my lawn take. By well, Tom I mean, Brady. I don't think it's get off my lawn. I don't think it's get off my lawn at all. It's going to take some adjustment. Now, there'll be film study where you're going to have to know number 25 is really a linebacker. So right. you need to, and, and, and I think you'll be able to see who that person is from the line of scrimmage. A little, you know, that looks larger than a linebacker. <laughs> it might take a couple of, um, couple of weeks for someone to get get used to the fact that don't look for the number look for the body type look for the face through the helmet right or study your ass a little bit harder in film and know that that 25 that you don't think you have to block because you think he's a corner based on his number is really a linebacker and look out and look out below this is going to be difficult in the booth too. I got to imagine some yeah. play-by-play guys are going to take. I know. Take some time. You, to might, uh, you might call Watson, Winston, and Winston Watson for an entire <laughs> quarter and have Twitter blow up at you and have your wife text you saying, "What is your problem?" Also, That's I'm wondering. What to me. I'm wondering how prevalent the jersey number change is going to be for next year because of the rule that you have to buy out the remaining inventory of your jersey that's for sale before you're able to change. So I got a feeling it'll be a lot of college, you know, the new players, the rookies might have, might be able to take advantage of this, but, right. you know, so they're making Derrick Henry, you know, if he wants to switch back to number two from 22, he's going to have to buy out the remaining 22 Henry inventory before he can make the switch, which is going to cost him pretty- some money. So that's the deal that they made with Nike, who's that's made up the all, these, yeah, that's yeah. all that's this inventory. Yep. Somebody's got to buy it up. You got to buy it out before you can make the change. That's why I think LeBron James was going to switch back to six, right? And he didn't do that for this year because of the jersey inventory. Yeah, but all he's got to do is just like make one short with Bugs Bunny and that'll cover it. Exactly. I don't know. I guess. I mean, 
Slides not, a credit I card. Know, it's, 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 it's his money. It's not my money. Right. And you know, all the people. Yeah, exactly why he doesn't want to spend it on some old jerseys. So, uh, all the fans so then just, what do you tell? Then yeah. you tell Nike, stop making my jersey now? Yeah, now. You say, don't make any more 20, 28s? Don't make any more 32s? Because right. I want to. Because I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch. If you're going to switch for this so coming you declare, season. So, no, but. You pretty much have to. I, 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 you know, I understand that, you know, that Derrick Henry is making a nice coin, but why would you want to. Why would you want to make Nike richer just because you're wanting to? I want to wear a different number. You know, I mean, know, some how many more atta- yachts can yeah. they water ski behind up there in Oregon? Screw that. Some guys yeah, are attached you t- to so their you college tell them numbers. Now you tell them now. Right. Stop making my jersey. Right. And then they might run out of inventory in the middle of week eleven, and then then what? Like, is there a little gap? Between when you because you, you can't make the switch during the middle of the season, I imagine. No, no, but you would you would have it for the start of this year. You would just buy it all up before. You know. But I don't want to buy it up. I'm not buying it up. Let well, then, them, well, then, then you, you have wait, to wait. You have to wait until 2022. But when 2022 hits, I don't want them to say to me, "There's all this surplus because well, we yeah, still that, made your jersey." That won't matter. So that's what I'm saying. Like right now, yeah. Stop gonna, it now. You're basically telling them right now if you're going to shut make, it down, make the switch for 21 or 22. If you're making it for 2021. You got to buy the rest of the inventory. But if you make it for 2022, you're then you don't. Set. You're all set. Okay, so make it for 2022. Screw that. I feel, I feel uh, like we're going to see a lot of number changes, though. I feel like this is a thing. What? That's a that's quite a check you got to stroke to, right? to Nike. Remember, Jadavion Clowney. That's a big swoosh you put yeah, right, after yeah. those zeros. If you're, if you're Patrick Mahomes, right, you're the top selling jersey, so there ain't no inventory. So yeah. your check's going to be small if you've got to write a check, right? How do you know but there's no inventory. He's there's, the top selling jersey top in the NFL. That means that all his jerseys are being sold, or that they're also they're a more. lot of them are sitting in some warehouse next to the the lost ark. You know, <laughs> by the way, that's the way I always think that that's what. These these Nike inventory, you know, there's big huge yeah. warehouse, <laughs> and the, there goes the ark, <laughs> never to be seen again. Yeah. Well, I think about Jadavion Clowney wore number seven in college, so if he wants to switch back, well, I'm sure there, there might not be a lot of Clowney, you know, inventory that- for the Browns now anyway. Like on our show, so like it's what. No, but what, so what about his, the his Seahawks, yeah. his Texans, all that old stuff? He's got to buy it up. He, come on, though. I it's just t- like, is why that, would he have to buy yeah, that? Why he's changed teams? That doesn't make sense. It's on, not on because it's on him because yeah. some yeah. other teams didn't want to re-sign him? Yeah, if you're on the same team, it makes sense, but not that? if you've changed teams. Well, pound sand. Yeah. <laughs> Kick rocks. And A. Sewell, who you just heard Carson Palmer, said he hopes the Bengals draft instead of Jamar Chase. He's joining us. Mel Kuyper after him. That's hour three on the Rich Eisen Show. See you with us. Coming up. So you're saying... I'm bounced around from team to team. No fault of mine, although your attitude might be a reason why you're gone, but most likely it's not. You know, there's probably a, some Adrian Peterson Viking uniform inventory lying around somewhere, right? It's got to be somewhere, something. Somewhere. And so the, Nike's got to eat that, right? If Clowney now says, I just came to Cleveland, I want to change my uniform number. Sorry, you've got to pay us off. Well, no, for all the they, other stuff, they no, haven't the, made the, any but, Browns jerseys. No, but, no exactly. But those team? are those are relics. The minute he shows up in Cleveland, yeah, those he can't, are, he no. can't be held responsible no, for that. Definitely no, definitely not. That's vintage. No, it's the team you're on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking for confirmation. That's so what all. I'm just saying is that, you know, 
Like for us, I'd have a very small inventory because I'd be the best seller. I think. You know? Well, you, there is no there is no inventory for you, Mike. Anyway, because you wear free, free. stuff. That's true. But I okay, mean, so I'd the inventory the inventory for you that that the inventory for you of what you're wearing on the uh, the uh, zip up is a, a relic. They don't make those anymore. Oh, these are all this relic, relic, relic. So I mean, I'm a relic guy. Even the shorts, the Under Armour shorts. Buy out the existing inventory of jersey distributors. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. But yeah. you can't be held responsible for your previous team. No, stuff. it's of the current the number that current you're wearing. Number. Current number of your current team, it's got to be even. What do they do with It's the just old like, ones? screw it. I just came on this new team. I'm switching my number. Sorry, you got to buy out the inventory of your old team and your old number. It's like, no, that's yeah. actually now a relic. Yeah, current number. Yeah, current number, current team. That's going to be it. And so for someone like Mahomes, that's got to be a large number. Yeah. Why would you want to change it anyway? I don't think Mahomes. I'm not saying Mahomes. I'm just saying in terms of it's a running back. It's a running back who wants to wants to go back to like if Reggie Bush was still playing, he'd probably want to go back to his number from USC. Or like Jalen Ramsey goes back to his college number. By the way, that was one that was thrown out there. Miles Garrett wore what twelve, I think. And you can still buy a Brady Patriots jersey on NFL Shop. I'm sure you could. Which means, but if guys, Tom wants to go back to ten right now, he would have to stroke a check for the Tampa Bay twelves, but yes. not the not, not the, the New England twelves. No. I don't think so. I don't. What do you mean? I don't think so. I mean, that's ridiculous. But meanwhile, Tom's just concerned that his offensive lineman might protect protect him by trying to block the wrong guy. Penny Sewell, he knows how to block people. Coming up, hour three with Mel Kiper and you.